You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 17 weeks, four quarters, 60 minutes, and it all leads up to one winning Winning try. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Winning Drive Podcast. I'm Rita Hubbard, the NFL Chick, co-host of the Glenn and Rita Show on 105.7 The Fan, with my guy Cordell Woodland from Shaking It Up Sports and the Ravens reporter for 105.7 The Fan. Ravens finished the season, Cordell, at 13-4 and as they lose to the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, 17-10. I am not really sure uh, what to make of it uh, about anything, but – it's funny because um, I know you and I both are, we occupy a lot of space on Twitter slash X and um, Steelers fans are very uh, happy about finishing the division five and one while fighting for a playoff spot. Must be nice. Yeah. I mean, look, it's the little things, right? <laughs> I mean, five and one in the division is a, you know, it's a good feat. It's, it's a, it's a pretty good, you always want to have a good record in your division. Um, but ultimately, you want to get to the playoffs too. So which one matters the most? And, That's all I'm saying. You know, Pittsburgh may have an opportunity to get in. Um, obviously they need a lot of help on Sunday. So we'll see what happens. Um, but look, it was a game that, you know, and I saw some Ravens fans not thrilled about losing. Look, at the end of the day, nobody wants to see their team lose, whether it's, you know, the starters playing, the backups, especially when you're playing against, you know, your prob- probably your most hated rival in the division, you know, and you're trying to avoid the sweep and you got to same thing for the Ravens. It's kind of like what's more important, uh, avoiding the sweep from the Steelers or getting out as healthy as you can to get to the postseason. I, I think the Ravens accomplished what they wanted to accomplish for the most part. A couple of their guys hit some incentives. Um, yeah, they had a couple of guys get nicked up, but from what John Harbaugh said, it doesn't seem like any of those injuries are going to impact them in the divisional round of the playoffs, which is good. Um, you got to get some young guys like Trenton Simpson, yep. some run out there. So, I mean, all in all, I, I think it was a successful day for the Ravens. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I, I'll start on the um, defensive side of the ball because you kind of made some references there. First and foremost, um, Jadavion Clowney received, I believe, a $750,000 bonus because all he needed was one more, uh, half of a sack on it to the game. He did get a sack um, against Mason Rudolph. And so he was, um, he, he did a sack dance, but I think it was more like a money dance, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I do not blame him at all. Congratulations to Jadavion Clowney. Um, he's a guy that, uh, you know, I don't know what the future holds for him and the Ravens, but I really have enjoyed him. I really, I would love to see him back um, because I thought that he played at a very high level. I know that um, 
And the last recent years, you know, he's bounced around a little bit and we know how that ended with Cleveland. But, you know, I, I just don't think that, I think sometimes when you find the right place and you find the right situation, you tend to elevate um, your level of play. And I think that, you know, Jadavion is at a place where there wasn't a ton of pressure on him in terms of like, oh, well, we need you to be this guy, right? But also he's playing around a core group of guys that, know you know that know how to play together and his techniques and ability just added to what it is that they wanted to do yeah i mean i, I think everybody for a while now felt like the davion Clowney and the ravens were a match made in heaven and um i talked to him earlier in the year and you know he was telling me about how people would always tell him that and how he had kind of played with the idea in his mind and how fulfilling it was for him to get here and it kind of work out the way a lot of people thought it would. It doesn't always go that way. Um, and he just talks about the building and the people in the building and, you know, just how refreshing it is to, to be a Raven. Um, and I think you see it on the, on the field when he plays, uh, plays, he's always played with a lot of energy. And I, I think Jadavian Clowney, when he was signed, you know, people had, some people had some issues with it because, you know, he was maybe not uh, always getting home on some of those sacks and stuff. But I think it's definitely rewarding to see him not only be able to get the sacks that he's been able to get this year, but still be disruptive enough to help guys like Matt Abike get to yep. double-digit sacks, to help Kyle Van Noy get his sack numbers. I mean, he is—he has been a bad pro. He's—he's he's been a contributor to a lot of other people's success, including his own. I completely agree with that. Um, so shout out to him for, you know, having an opportunity to cash out. Uh, and he did just that. Um, you mentioned guys like, you know, younger guys playing. Trenton Simpson is a guy that um, you wonder um, what this will look like moving forward in this case that Patrick Queen does not potentially come back as a Raven and moves elsewhere. And I liked what I saw from him. He's a fast player. Um, he got a lot of praise coming out of Clemson. We didn't get to see a whole lot of him. There's been injuries and just, you know, availability situations. But um, with Malik Harrison being out uh, with a concussion, I believe, you know, it gave him an opportunity to play. And I thought that he did really well. Um, in, in terms of what he was able to do. You know, I think that the, that was a game that you really liked seeing guys like him and Tavius Robinson get those snaps because you're not really sure how much they're going to get moving forward. But that was a day that they were able to get consistent snaps. And I, I liked what I saw on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, he's a fast guy, plays with energy. Um, and Look, when you're a middle linebacker, the ball is going to find you, especially when you're playing the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're coming right down the pipe. They're not sugarcoating what they want to do. You know exactly where they're coming. Um, so you're, a middle linebacker, more times than not, is going to be involved in the play somehow. So what I look for from those guys is how well do they do with shedding blocks? How good are they in filling the hole, you know, filling the gap and stuff? And how good are you in, you know, being able to wrap up and, and, and complete tackles, especially in the open field? And he checked a couple, he checked quite a few boxes in that game. And I don't want to overreact, you know what I'm saying? Right. It's one game, 
Um, but, but it is a game that's against a team that had something to fight for. for right? sure. I think that for that's sure. something that you that we have to take into account there because mm -hmm. one team did care about how that ended, and one team was kind of like, I mean, we don't not care, but we already accomplished what we wanted to accomplish. No, no question. I mean, I definitely it, it wasn't a preseason game, you know, yeah, maybe for, for sure. the Ravens it was, but not for the team that they were playing. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I definitely give them credit. Uh, for the game that he had, I guess for me, it's especially when you're talking about going forward and him being a potential replacement for Patrick Queen, it's no way to really know just how consistent he can be. You know, everybody has had their moments, a game here and there. And I'm, and I'm again, I'm not saying this to dismant, to, to discredit the game he had. I'm more so just saying that there's still a lot more to figure out about Trenton Simpson going forward. But, and, and that like, Date not really a debut, but you know, and, and that outing that he had against Pittsburgh for sure, he didn't do himself, uh, uh, he didn't hurt himself in the process by going out there and playing the way he did. He definitely popped out to me quite a few times. I thought he had himself a pretty good game and got himself his first career sack. That being and, and look, that being said, there were a lot of starters that did play. Um, I saw some uh, on defense, I saw some folks that had some concern. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I listen, I I have to assume that a lot of business decisions were made out mm -hmm. on that field on Sunday. I mean, excuse me, Saturday. It was raining. It was cold. You know, I I, I got to look. I don't want to say that these guys didn't put in 100 percent, but it looked like that they were kind of like saying, like, look, I, I want to make sure that I'm good in two weeks. So this doesn't really matter as much to me to put in like the total effort. And I'm OK with that type of business decision. If that if what if that happen and it stopped you from potentially getting injured, I think that that's a win. The Steelers game plan was clearly to force the Ravens to play football on Saturday defensively, uh, to force the Ravens defense to play football. I mean, look, like I said, that's what the that's what they do anyway. They're coming right at you. They're running downhill. That's what they want to do. But co kind of like coinciding with that game plan that they have every week, and this one, it, 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 it meant even more because like you said the Ravens didn't want to play that much you know the game is being played inside the numbers a lot of bodies in the piles a lot of bodies cluttering the middle of the field Najee Harris is running hard all day Saturday and you know if you're going to get in there you're going to you're going to feel that impact so yeah I mean I agree I mean just watching it with the naked eye it did look like there were times where the Ravens guys were not necessarily trying to give it, I don't want to say not give it their all, but not risk it all to make every single tackle on every single play at times. So um, th that I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to sound like I'm excusing anybody in football, not going a hundred percent. I understand it. I understand it. I do too. Um, which is why guys like Roquan Smith, wasn't in the game because you can't tell Roquan not to go a hundred percent. He doesn't know any other way. Yeah. Um, so I understand it. I'm not going to condone it, but I understand it. Right. I will also say in certain instances, when it comes to guys that gave me concern, Marcus Williams gave me quite a bit of concern on Saturday and not even just on a Deontay Johnson touchdown. I mean, look, it wasn't a lot of plays at the back end of the defense was involved in. He, he really only had a couple of opportunities to truly be involved in a play. Um, but it, it was, it's kind of been, 
I'm not every game, but he's had more like eyebrow raising moments for me over the last quarter of the season than, you know, plays that make me praise him. He's had some good moments, um, but he's had quite a few moments to where it's just like, what's going on? And, and like I said, it wasn't just the Deontay Johnson touchdown where I don't know what he was doing. It looked like he was supposed to be there and he was either decisive or just late on the play. But there was also a play earlier in the game on a smaller scale. I think it was a third down play where, Patrick Queen is kind of in the flats, and I think they hit either the tight end or the running back on the left side and ended up getting a first down. And PQ is looking at Marcus Williams like, bro, where are you? Where are you at? Where are you at? And Williams just just looking at his body language, it, it was just like, whatever, you know, just on. I'm going on to the next play. I'm going back to my spot. <laughs> it's whatever. You know, Maybe Marcus Williams was awesome, you know, uh, IDGAF. At, at that point, at that point, and look, it, it may have been, you know, how a lot of those guys were on, but just, you know, that 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 was a little concerning to me on the back end. They have it as a totality in, on the defense on the back end. I'm not concerned. This isn't a team that gives up a lot of big plays through the air, so I'm not trying to dress this up like this is something that's going to kill them in the playoffs. Um, but I will say, yet again, you see when a team stresses the run game, they have success. Albeit, not a lot of starters for the Ravens in the middle, but it's happened when the starters are there. It's yeah. happening when the backups are there. It doesn't matter. That's the one sore spot of this team is when teams make that commitment to running the ball. Now, the good thing for the Ravens is you look in the postseason, not a lot of teams are truly going to make that commitment. The Browns will. They're a team that could. Yep. Um, and, and maybe Buffalo. Buffalo has shown that they are willing to stick to the run and let uh, yeah. uh, Cook let Cook go out there and do the job. So that's the only thing that that worries me about this defense. If a team truly does decide to run the ball and they're able to do it enough to where they're not only eating clock but also scoring points and sustaining long drives the way Pittsburgh did, that that's the one thing that concerns me. Yeah, absolutely it is. And speaking of um, running the ball, let's talk about offense next. So we know that Tyler Huntley uh, started the game and uh, it really felt like, you know, the Steelers were um, interested in eliminating the run. Understandably so, right? Like, you know, it's a wet game outside. Um, they probably realize that the Ravens are probably just trying to essentially take some time off of the clock in these types of games. Um, and so um, they committed to stopping the run. And um, look, the game was sloppy on both sides. You saw both teams um, making turnovers due to the rain, but you saw two turnovers um, from the running backs. And um, this is Gus Edwards' second uh, fumble in as many weeks. Um, my question is, Adam, why was Gus Edwards out there as much as he was? I, I, you know, look, I understand that Melvin Gordon fumbled. That's what Melvin Gordon does, Cordell, whether we like to, to act like it doesn't exist or not. And that they told you what it was. The man has lost 19 fumbles in his career. He has 26 fumbles and lost 19. That's a nasty, nasty, we're talking Tiki Barber territory, mm -hmm. nasty. But you knew that when you signed him. OK, and so this is the thing that I hate. Right. Because I knew that when Melvin Gordon fumbled, we would not see much of him anymore because we know how Harbs is. Harbs, 
this game doesn't count. Right. I, I don't look. I don't care if he fumbled five times. You wouldn't. You're not going to play him in the postseason for sure. And that's a lesson learned. And maybe the Dalvin Cook signing looks better on your end. But I'm trying to understand why you felt the need to add a guy like Gus Edwards into the game when Gus Edwards is essentially your starter, and you're gonna you're gonna need him moving forward, and you don't need Melvin Gordon moving forward in a game. Then again, you don't need. So that was my biggest question mark. However, I do understand the concern that people have had in terms of the turnover battle. I'm trying yeah. to look at it real quick. I am trying to mm -hmm. excuse it. I do understand that the Gus joint was the punch out. But look, it was a wet day. It's right. slippery out there. And I'm doing it. I'm going to give him some bail in this fumble as opposed to the one last week. So yeah. I just want to make are we are we are we giving Gordon the pass as well? Or, or I would no? like I see here's the problem. I would like to, mm -hmm. but history won't give me the opportunity. I want to. Yes, I He's do want to. He's one in rain, shine, sleep, or snow. I know. I understand that the elements absolutely. I, I know that's unfair for me to say, well, I'm going to give Gus a pass, but not give Melvin Gordon a pass. I know that's unfair. I, but I'm, Melvin Gordon has put me in this position. That's not my problem. He did it, not me. So that's where I'm at with that. Sorry, right. Melvin Gordon. You the one that got all these fumbles and all these fumbles lost. So that's you set a precedent. And that's just where I'm at with that. And yes, it is unfair. It is unfortunate, but life ain't fair. So that's mm -hmm. where I stand with that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I, I'm with you. Had a couple of times in the game to where I'm like, did Harbs forget that they that they don't need to win this game? That this they just need to run this clock. Did, did he forget that the objective of today is to get out as healthy as you possibly can? Yep. And so, in the midst of that, I also took into account that you got to respect the game and as a head coach you you want to not only you know respect your opponent and res respect the integrity of the game but also respect the guys that are on the field fighting and there are quite a few guys that played in the game that aren't regular players um that I think cuz even with some of the timeouts that he called late in the game where it was clear you know by this point the Steelers are up 10 you know, it's it's like I get it. You you still want to coach as if you're trying to win the game. It's a respect factor there that you got to have. So I I had to kind of remind myself of that. But in terms of why not sending Melvin Gordon back out there after the fumble, I'm right there with you. I don't I don't understand what benching him in that game would prove. I'd make the argument that it's an it's a bigger punishment to keep him out there and and force him <laughs> to kind of be the guy to be yep. the workhorse back in that type of sloppy game to be the workhorse guy in a game where you don't care about at all because yeah you don't want something to happen to Gus I mean justice barely played in the game it's Gus definitely seen I got to look at the snap counts but it looked I, I just from watching it in real time it felt like Gus played substantially more yeah than justice Hill did so um yeah I was I was kind of taken back by that as well um, but you know, enough just the all look, the offense is not a lot of great things to talk about offensively. So most of this <laughs> will be disappointing. Um, I thought it was a disappointing day for guys that had an opportunity to really showcase something. We mentioned Trenton Simpson on the defensive side, a guy that took advantage of his opportunity. He only played in basically the second half and did a lot. Uh, but 
I look at Tyler Huntley, and granted, I think it was unfortunate for him that the elements were the way that they were. Um, but you'd like to see more. You you would have liked to see more from Huntley, um, just some more aggressiveness. And I and I get it. You want to take care of the ball. That's priority number one. Again, the weather conditions are what they are. You don't have your usual complement of guys that would be there. But that leads me to Rashad Bateman, who I got a check, but I don't think he had a target in the game. I, I'm pretty sure Rashad Bateman didn't get a single target as I'm looking right now. No, he didn't. He wow. Didn't, which wow. is mind blowing. Which, mind because blowing. At, the, at the end of the day, Rashad Bateman is probably your number one at he that point. He was. He was. And he, he didn't even play the second half. He he wasn't right. even in on the second half. So the entire first half, he's out there just getting cardio in. Golden opportunity for Rashad Bateman, who has, as of late, stacked some, you know, steadily stacked some pretty decent performances and seemed to have kind of been getting in a groove. And again, maybe the elements had more of an impact because the, the rain was got, was really bad as the game went on. The winds yeah. were coming. Um, so I, I get it. Uh, but it was just unfortunate that specifically those two guys weren't able to do something because we already know Tyler Huntley is probably going to be on another team next year. That was an opportunity for him to kind of showcase what he could do. And for Bateman, it's not out of the question that Bateman could be on another team next year, honestly. I mean, he's they're not going to pick up his fifth-year option, and it's not out of the realm of possibility that Bateman says, I want to go somewhere where I can – you know, have, have my, I, I can, I can get put more on the big screen. What I do is, is more amplified. I can get more production somewhere else. It's, it's not out of the realm for him to do that. He's on the last year of his rookie deal. It's time for him to make something happen. So it was definitely disappointing for those two guys to not kind of uh, make something out of that opportunity. Um, and I guess one other little nugget is that Malik Cunningham, it just I don't know. This isn't anything that they have said to me or that I have heard from anybody else. This is just from my own assessment from what I've seen. It looks like they are punting on Malik Cunningham being a quarterback just from me. Uh, because, they, he, because earlier this week he did what? He was working out with wide receivers. He worked out with wide receivers uh, this week, this past week, and he was in the game for four snaps. Everything was wide receiver. Everything he came out pregame with wide receivers, didn't get any snaps pregame working out with the center. So, I mean, things could change over the offseason. I don't know, but just from what I've seen to this point, it just looks like they're trying him out at another position. Which is interesting because I saw a few people like asking for him, which I don't think that that would have really worked out anyway because he was the emergency. Um, quarterback and Josh Johnson was the backup in that position. Um, I agree. I mean, you know, I, yes, I'm sure the elements did play a lot of uh, what happened on Saturday. Um, Huntley definitely looked, um, he was second and third guessing himself. Guys that I thought that were immediately getting open, he took too long to mm -hmm. read to see that. And mm -hmm. again, it really could be because of the elements. I don't know, you know what I mean? I just know what we saw. And that's how it is. You had the drop situation. Kolar had, had some drops. Look, it, it was a sloppy outing uh, for a sloppy game. And you'd like to hope that it's because no one was trying to get injured and trying to just kind of play a little conservatively that it looked the way that it did when you add the elements of 
what it looked like outside on Saturday. Um, that being said, it's kind of like, it's still like, well, I still would have liked a little bit of a better, <laughs> you know, of an outing in that regard. Uh, you know, you kept your, every time you tried to get Justice Hill involved, felt like he was trying to run this wheel route. I, I'm not really sure. Like you said, the, so the, the few snaps that he got, they was kind of running the same plays. Mm -hmm. and, and I get it. You wanted to be as basic as you could be. I completely understand. You're not going to put all your good stuff out there. There's no need for you to do that. But even the basic things just didn't appear to be clicking. And the offense just was out of sync, it felt like, for the entire game. Yeah, I mean, they were. And indeed, that, that, to give the Steelers some credit, that defense has been better on the back end of the season. I thought they played a pretty good game on Saturday. Um, you mentioned that well route to Justice Hill. That's kind of been a, state, a staple of this offense this year. I, it's got to be on film at this point that people are picking up that that's a big-time tendency of theirs to try to hit on that well route to the running back because the Ravens have had a lot of success running that play um, this year. Another highlight in, in a game where there weren't many highlights for the Ravens, Isaiah Likely yet again looking like a stud, gets yep. the touchdown, um, just bully balling his way. Uh, into the end zone. I thought I, the offensive line was up and down. Um, yeah, you know it was it was an up and down day. Not and, and, and you saw guys like Stanley and Morgan Morgan Moses play. Yeah. They were rotated again, of mm -hmm. course. So it wasn't like that they were getting um, all the reps. The only starter that played like majority of the reps, I believe, was John Simpson right. at that point. Right. I, I, you know, everybody else did play. They just got rotated. Yeah, him and Cleveland probably played the most. I just didn't say Cleveland mainly because we know that Cleveland is right. Rattler's back, right? right? Yeah. But, like, technically, he, I guess he would have started anyway regardless. On and the they did some weird stuff, putting Sam Mustafer at left guard yep. at times and yep. Makarian at center. And uh, so they, they they did some unique things. They they, they tried some different stuff. Um, like I said, they had Malik Cunningham in it, running at wide receiver a couple of plays. It, it, it was a game that they understood – I think they understood what it was um, on that side of the ball, and they kept it very vanilla, didn't do a lot of stuff, a lot of read option stuff with Tyler Huntley and the running backs, mostly running the ball. Um, but, yeah, just not a not a lot of success for the offense uh, on Saturday. Yeah, and, and look, I mean, I, again, I'm sure that uh, Huntley's a nice guy. I know he played in the Pro Bowl last year, but he is not Lamar Jackson. It's mm -hmm. just his no one is Lamar Jackson. Right. <laughs> He's right. one of one. So it's very hard to, you know, come out and play um, with a guy that like, uh, you know, that's like Lamar and be behind him in that regard. I was actually, um, I was actually surprised, I think. And I understand why they want to put Huntley out there. They, you know, give him some game film, which I'm sure if you ask him, it's probably one of his best work. But um, I was wondering, like, will we see a little bit of Josh Johnson in there? Because, again, this game doesn't really mean a ton. And, you know, do you start just letting guys kind of get their burn? And we didn't see that. Huntley was able to um, play for all four quarters. But ultimately, you know, the score is the score and, and the yards are the yards because that's where we go. When we come back, I want to talk about ESPN and how they handled this broadcast here on Winning Drive. Yeah, I pivoted, but it was something that made me think, I, I thought about it. So I don't know, you're at the stadium, Cordell. Mm -hmm. um, you don't get an opportunity to hear the broadcast 
Uh, but one of the things that I find hilarious here is that, you know, look, everybody knew it's not a secret. The Ravens weren't playing their best players, right? They're not starting their best players. However, um, they playing the guys that they play. And so ESPN's job, obviously, is to try to sell this game as much as they possibly can for three hours, right? Three plus hours. Um, but ultimately, I felt like they failed <laughs> miserably. <laughs> um, they kept giving like stats about, oh, you know, oh, well, the Ravens have only, I think this is the start of the fourth quarter. The Ravens only have 155 total yards of offense. And they're like, yes, and this is without T.J. Watt, who, who was out of the game. And this is without Minka Fitzpatrick, who didn't play today. And I'm just looking around like, hey, are we just, <laughs> like, what's happening here? Are we just going to act like there's not guys playing mm -hmm. on the offensive side of the ball that we don't see on a regular basis? They were doing their best to sell this as if this was some real Gabe, look, shout out to Dan Olavsky. I believe Reese Davis was the other commentator, I believe. Uh, don't quote me on that. It sounded like Reese. Um, mm -hmm. but, uh, I, but Dan Olavsky was absolutely the color commentator. And um, the way that they were padding the stats, I got it because that's exactly what's happening. You know both teams don't have all of their players, especially the one side. The one team doesn't have all of their players. And yet, y'all are trying to sell this as a real product. I, it takes a real person to do this because the game was not good. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. You know, we can be real here. We can be transparent. You were there. You can see it. I'm, on, I'm watching it on TV. It's not good. It's not a good football game. And so for y'all to try to make this to be something that it's clearly not because the Steelers need, need this win for a playoff, it's hilarious, but also I applaud the consistency of y'all trying to reel this in. And, and, and that's the part that I think is hilarious when you watch these broadcasts. I mean, I, I couldn't hear them. Uh, we, they have it on the TV in the, in the press box. Um, and I, I will say to your point of, you know, the, the stats that they were naming and how it wasn't a lot of Raven starters out there. Um, that was the first game in which the Ravens have trailed by multiple scores all year. Yes. Now, so, and why is that, Cordell? Why do you I mean, think that that it's is? It's a large part, I would have believed, due to a lot of their main guys not being on the field. Um, and I, I, to be honest, I think that's just a testament to the dominance that the Ravens have had this year. I don't think there are a lot of teams throughout NFL history that can say that. Um, the 2019 team couldn't say that. As yeah, good as that team because was. Week two, against the Browns, team week two or three against the Browns, mm -hmm. that was like huge. They got laid out right. in that game. Yeah, I, it's, uh, it, it's, it really speaks to the dominance of the team this year. But, yeah, I mean, look, everybody's got a job to do. And, you know, when you're in that moment, you're 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 just like man what, what we got to do something you put something out that we we have to keep the energy up we got to say something to keep people from turning the channel because first of all i mean the 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 camera itself almost made you want to change the candle because it's so <laughs> wet it's so blurry you can barely see what's going on exactly you know? I'm just like, it, it's, a, it's a bad day for everybody, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I understand. Y'all got to sell it the way that you, you have to sell it. I just love how 
we just were like eliminating information, right? Like, oh yes, yeah, TJ White is out with a knee injury. Oh yes, Minka Patrick, Minka Fitzpatrick didn't start today. And listen, those things matter, right? But what about the other side of the ball? What right. about those guys not playing? That didn't matter. I just, it just was very weird to me, uh, very funny to me how that went and how that played out. And uh, again, shout out to ESPN for at least being consistent. They were doing the best that they could to at least try to be consistent. And like you said, Cordell, at times it was very hard to watch it because certain cameras, like the one that they have on the field that moves – that one, you know, you can't really um, wipe that one because yeah. it's on the field. It's nothing right. you can do about it. Right. And every time they tried to show it, and I was like, please, like, stop. Like, it literally was like nails to a chalkboard from a visual mm -hmm. perspective. It was terrible. So, uh, again, the Ravens found a way, like you mentioned in the first segment, Harbaugh said that um, everybody that got nicked up in the game should be okay um, in the playoffs. So, uh, to me... I don't care about the score. The biggest win is that there was no major um, situations in terms of health. Meanwhile, you know, the, the Steelers potentially, I don't know what happened with TJ. I know it's a knee injury, but we don't know what happened to they him. They put out earlier Sunday that he's got a torn MCL. Okay, so that's not good for them. Not at um, all. So, you know, luckily for the Ravens, that worked out as perfectly as they as it could because at the end of the day, it is still football. It is still a very violent sport, and at any moment, you can get hurt. Yeah, I mean, and it's the conditions add to it, the foot yep. and, and everything like that. And um, you know, it looked like like I said, a couple of guys got nicked up. I think Oway had the ankle. Uh, we saw Geno Stone uh, have the knee issue out there. We saw uh, Delshawn Phillips with the shoulder, um, and it looked like. Patrick Queen, who's been laboring all year, it looked yeah, like yes. you know he was had his his usual limp or you know nursing uh, situation out there as well. So you know football is football. You're going to have people get nicked up throughout the course of the game. Nobody's coming out 100 healthy, especially um, in those elements. Though. Yeah, it's, it's just not happening. But best case scenario for the Ravens now, um, they were able to at least it sounds like escape anything major. Um, so yeah, I mean, Harbs now goes out to Michigan or well, not to Michigan, uh, but he's going to the national championship. I think it's Houston, right? Houston, yeah, yeah, going out to the national championship game with a lot of Ravens front office brass out there. Um, Mike McDonald included in that. I think uh, DaCosta and Joe Hortiz and Ozzy and yeah. Ozzy and Ozzy's going. So yeah, go check out the uh, Wolverines taking on. Um, Washington in the national championship game. So, yeah, they go from, you know, a game that didn't really mean anything to the game that's pretty much for everything. Right. Real quick, who you got? I'm going with Washington. You know, I, everybody has been sleeping on Washington all year. Everybody's been looking for reasons for this team to fall off. And I am a guy that believes in the destiny team. And sure, you could probably make the argument that Michigan's the destiny team this year. Um, but I'm going with Washington. I think Michael Penix is the better quarterback of the two. Oh, easily. It, it means a lot that I think uh, that the running back Johnson for uh, Washington looks like he'll be able to play in that game because if he wasn't, I probably would have a different pick. He uh, he means a lot to that offense. But I think I think Washington has enough to get it done. I think that offense is efficient enough to put enough pressure on Michigan to force them to score. They'll have to stop the run. I think the world of Blake Corum and them, a uh, local guy, 
But I, I think Washington's going to pull the upset. I want them to pull the upset. Um, I do. I don't love their defense. No. I love their offense. Um, and so that's my concern in terms of Blake Corn. That defensive front for Michigan is really, really good. Now, the, 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 the defensive backfield is suspect to me for mm -hmm. Michigan, which will allow me to say that this, this is going to be a fighting game. I just got to – I just – I, that defense in front is so good, man. I want Washington to win. I, everybody knows me. I'm a Mike, I'm a Michael Penix person. I love Washington, um, but I just got a feeling that Michigan is going to find a way to squeak its way mm -hmm. out of here. So we'll see how that goes. Yes, we did flip the script, but it is National Championship Monday coming up, and I wanted to know what Cordell's thoughts were, particularly because John Harbaugh's brother right. is the head coach of the Michigan Wolverines. So we'll see how that goes. But right, uh, Ravens get to, uh, I believe they said that they'll get back to work um, this week. Um, I believe that they said that they will be practicing at M&T Bank Stadium um, this week as well. So uh, we'll be talking about that this week. We'll be talking about um, just seeing who the best opponent or the worst opponent could potentially be for the Ravens as they try to figure out who their next opponent will be. They get a bye. They get to enjoy themselves a little bit. Not too much because the work is never done here. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's something that um, they're going to make sure that they do, that they stay fresh and not stay, uh, not be stale at all. So we want to thank you all for listening. And we'll be back this week to talk more Ravens. From Cordell to me, this is Winning Drive. Twenty Four Hundred Sports is an Odyssey company.